Hi everyone, welcome to STEPS audio channel. We are very excited to share our content from STEPS events to learn all about the latest trends in startups, digital media, fintech, future tech, and wellness in emerging markets. You can find us on Enagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to your favorite channel and we hope you enjoy the content. One of the most interesting questions at the moment um, when it comes to startups, I think, is impact. You know, what impact does a business have on, on climate change, on pollution, and on societal and political movements? We're seeing more and more young entrepreneurs pop up that genuinely care about the future, about people and planet. Today, we're going to look at the importance in investing in impact startups to build solutions that only the new generation can solve around the world's problems, as well as the role that investors have in raising awareness on social impact. But before we begin, um, for those of you who might not know the lovely people who are joined up on stage with me today, um, I thought I'd quickly introduce everyone. So right at the end, we've got Alicia Sornson, who is Programs and Partnerships Manager at Village Capital, a venture capital firm that finds, trains, and invests in early stage startups um, and ventures solving global major problems in agriculture, education, energy, financial inclusion, and health. Uh, we then have Kevin Holiday, who is the Managing Director at C3, Companies Creating Change, a UAE-based social enterprise that helps entrepreneurs in the Middle East and Africa unlock their growth potential and maximize positive impact on the community. And last but certainly not least, we have Tamika Vasquez, uh, Head of Marketing at Sidewalk Labs, an urban in innovation company that tackles city's greatest challenges. They create products and solutions, invest in new companies, and help developers build more sustainable, innovative, and equitable places around the world. Thank you guys for being here today. So let's dive right in, shall we? Social impact has always either been part of NGOs or CSRs. Now, with more awareness on sustainable development goals or global goals, uh, we're seeing more entrepreneurs walking into the space and starting businesses for a purpose. Why, in your opinion, is social entrepreneurship still not ex as exciting as tech-focused entrepreneurship? Should we start with you, Tamika? Sure. Hi, everybody. Um, so I think it just depends on the type of business that you're in, whether it's B2B or B2C, it also depends on the region of the world that you're in. If you're in a place that has infrastructure to support larger ideas, for example. Um, so I don't know if it is just not as exciting for everybody as opposed to it being more accessible or understandable for a lot of people. But I do know that within large institutions across the world, for example, they're starting to realize that leaving this big impact that they may want to make on society to one department is insufficient. They're also seeing that all of the startups that are growing, exploding, creating large impact, not only from a social justice or social impact perspective, but also just from a usability perspective, um, from a democratization perspective, they're seeing that these are the newest, hottest kids on the block, right? So I think there's a lot of push for uh, large institutions who have the wherewithal, they have the infrastructure, they usually have a lot more talent and resources to start to consider what could they do in that realm instead of waiting to be become basically disrupted by startups that are not afraid um, to take a step and to uh, forge into territory that seems difficult or challenging or potentially um, uh, going to disrupt the status quo. Great answer. Alicia? Sure. Um, I think first and foremost, I think that 
um, social entrepreneurship or impact investments are just as exciting as tech investments. Um, and I think that the rest of the world is catching up to that thought. Uh, we are seeing a lot of change. There's a lot of consumer-driven change. Um, the younger generation is demanding change from the corporates that we buy from. Um, and I think we're seeing that change um, you know, ripple up. It starts with the entrepreneurs. It starts with people who are innovating. Um, but a lot of social entrepreneurship um, that we see at Village Capital is tech. Um, so I, I don't really see them as different. I think of them as very much in the same boat. I see them as both equally very exciting. And um, when we're talking about impact investments or, or investing in an impact-focused company, um, we're still expecting that company to be profitable. We're still expecting returns on that investment. It's not a charity investment. Um, we are expecting both financial and social returns. Amazing. Kevin? Yeah, I'd, I'd echo exactly what um, Alicia was saying. I think there's a common uh, misconception around impact-driven startups uh, that they're not innovative, they're not tech-based. But what we're seeing is a, definitely a, a transition in being able to address some of the world's um, societal and environmental challenges from a tech-enabled solution. So layering over the huge social mission um, that all these impact entrepreneurs have with the latest tech to be able to solve some of these major challenges. Um, there is a lot of heightened uh, emphasis since uh, COVID uh, in relation to solving some of the environmental issues that I mentioned. Um, and I guess the, the previous conception around um, traditional investors thinking that uh, these types of investment are not as sexy um, in terms of environmental, um, health, uh, desert-related, where in previous history they were more asset, machinery-based, and therefore they're not tech. Well, what we're seeing is a huge transition from that, as I mentioned. Uh, last year, we had one of our companies, um, C3 Alumni, went through an IPO, which is a desert control um, company, which is focused on how they can take uh, soil from the desert and make it into much more fertilized uh, through a tech uh, solution. So things are changing in that space, that, but the, the misconception is there, but they're coming and converging together. Nice. Let's talk a bit more about investment and about VCs, shall we? How are impact-focused VCs different to tech VCs? Alicia? Sure. I think very simply, impact-focused VCs value social returns on investment just as much as they value financial returns. Um, and we very much in our due diligence process and our selection process and throughout everything that we do, impact is at the core um, of that. That being said, um, we have LPs, we take equity, we, um, we operate very much as um, any other fund would do, any other VC would operate. Um, the only real difference is that we also expect social returns. Amazing. Tamika, do you want to jump in here as well? Yeah, um, I, I can't speak from the VC perspective, but just from working for startups for basically my whole career, I find that the fundamental difference is tech-driven startups tend to have good tech ideas, um, and they tend to lean into how they could get people to use something, right? So often you find that they may be solving a problem that doesn't necessarily exist, or that the market hasn't necessarily validated. So there's this push for what's new, what's shiny, what's fast, what's cheap. And it becomes kind of mundane and repetitive from that perspective. Whereas startups that tend to have more of a social impact in mind are hiring people that have uh, social innovative ideas, can look at how to bring technology 
into different industries and use it in a way that is validated by the market. They have stronger research usually. They have a better story to tell usually. They're usually talking to the audiences that they are seeking to impact. Um, so they're bringing the communities that they want to serve into those conversations. And I think those are some of the fundamental differences that you'll see between startups that are just about the tech versus startups that have a purpose behind the technology. For sure. Kevin? Yeah, I also would say that obviously from an impact-focused VC perspective, they're looking for a huge commitment towards their, their social mission and what they're trying to put together in the communities first, but recognizing that also um, a profit element is required to deliver back to the funds. Um, so there is a, an added uh, historical stigma around trading profit against doing good, um, and we're starting to see a little bit of, a again, a movement away from this that is been a, a big deterrent for some investors going into um, investing into uh, impact-driven startups. Now there is a, a big uh, emphasis on being able to put both in the same dimension as opposed to trading one off against the other. Um, and for me, in this region as well, a lot of VCs are now focusing um, on ESG as a, a, a first line of uh, business risk evaluation. But the impact stuff um, is again starting to come to the forefront in terms of how we can uh, both uh, help nurture these startups, um, but then also recognizing they need to be scalable, they need to be able to have a long-term sustainability plan uh, so they can create and be much more impactful for the longer term. Definitely. The concept of, of impact VCs is still relatively new, right? So do you think corporate VCs are, are, are more likely to expand into social entrepreneurship? Kevin? Back to me. <laughs> Carry on with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing more and more um, corporate venture capital stuff happening um, in the region. Um, a lot of family businesses have been used to um, donations or philanthropy um, and now this gives them an angle to be able to um, be able to do both uh, as opposed to uh, the one pocket thinking um, or being able to combine the, the double pocket thinking into the one pocket thinking where they're not taking from one and, and then investing into the other through charity. So I think it's starting to move. It's still quite traditional uh, in terms of its um, historical roots, um, but there is more and more starting to, to come forward uh, and recognizing that you can also find these amazing companies that are doing both in terms of creating impact and making profits. There's more and more of coming them. Hopefully there'll be a lot more to come in the future. For sure, Alicia? Yeah, I definitely see a shift um, in how VCs are thinking. I think um, it's been a very traditional field for a long time. Village Capital's been operating in the impact space for over 12 years. Um, and when we started, we were, um, we were very alone in terms of, of a community of impact investors, and we've really seen that grown over the past 12 years. We are no longer alone. There are a lot of people who are very impact-focused. Um, a lot of investors are interested um, in having social returns on their investment, while they might not call themselves an impact investor. Um, there, I think there can be a lack of language around how we talk about impact investments, um, what are the metrics we use to measure impact, et cetera. Um, and there are a lot of traditional VCs that, that do have an interest in this, despite it not being on their website. Um, and so I think we'll continue to see that interest grow. In terms of corporations as well, I think we're also seeing an interest grow as consumer demand changes. Mm -hmm. um, at Village Capital, we work a lot with corporates, and we, we have since our inception. Um, and we definitely have seen interest. Um, we, we've had strong partnership um, and continued interest from corporates. For sure. And Tamika, I know when we spoke about this, you touched on entrepreneurship. Do you want to 
elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of, if you look at the Fortune 500 companies, there's a very small fraction of them that are socially led businesses. I think it's something like 11%, so it's very small. And I think what a lot of them are starting to realize is that, similar to what my colleagues here are saying, you don't have to necessarily separate profit from people. So this kind of definition around you know, being shareholder led, being beholden to your shareholders and those kinds of returns does not have to be separate than the conversation that you'd like to have around stakeholders very broadly speaking. Like how is your ecosystem set up as a corporation? Where, what regions in the world are you impacting? What populations of people are you impacting? What policies are you potentially uh, impacting as well? So I, there is this huge push for more entrepreneurship within larger corporations as well, where they're realizing we don't have to necessarily wait uh, for the new kid on the block, sort of what I was saying earlier, the startup to come and tell us that the world is shifting in a different direction. We can kind of get ahead of it. You can apply a level of foresight to see where you should start investing within your own business um, so that you can make sure you have a way of forging into the future as you see it and the future that makes a little bit more sense considering some of the trends that startups tend to introduce within your sector. Sure. Let's, let's go back to social entrepreneurship. What are the different areas of social entrepreneurship that we're seeing most of nowadays and, and where do you see that going in the next kind of five years? Kevin, let's start with you. Yeah, we've, we see a lot of um, startups uh, through C3 uh, in uh, health tech, um, edutech, um, environmental uh, businesses that are, that are really um, at the forefront of trying to address some of those challenges that we need to be able to tackle at a, at a top line. Um, those will continue post-COVID. There are still major challenges that we still need to address and the inequality is moving. Um, climate is becoming a, a major problem and we're seeing a lot more um, environmental-led startups that I think over the next five to 10 years, with, especially with the COPs that are happening uh, here in the region, there'll be a big focus on startups um, in the environmental um, I guess sector. I would say that these these specific startups they they do take much longer to scale. They need to invest heavily more into to R and D. Um, but I think there is a benefit that we're starting to see at this point in time because, again, uh, we've seen C three um, the the alumni that have been through our program and we've had 130 companies that have come through. 97% are still operational today, which is a, a, an incredible statistic when you compare that in terms of uh, one out of 10 uh, are successful in the traditional environment, which demonstrates a, a huge resilience on the behalf of uh, impact-driven startups to never give in and continue to really drive that home. So for me, it would be uh, the next five years, we'll, we'll see a lot more environmental-led uh, startups. Agreed. Alicia? Um, at Village Capital, there's three pillars of impact that we really focus on. Um, the, few, the first is financial health, um, which is helping um, individuals and small businesses access formal financial services, sustainability, um, increasing the resili resiliency of the planet and also of people. Um, and then our final is future of work, which is upskilling, reskilling, and education. We see a lot of movement in all three of these areas. I think in the MENA region, what's been the most 
popular so far is definitely financial health. We see a lot of fintech movement, a lot of financial inclusion, um, tech-based startups are in the region. Um, and I agree with Kevin, I think sustainability is very much up and coming. We're seeing a lot more movement in that. We're also seeing a lot of future of work. Um, ed tech is huge. Um, and during the pandemic, there was a boom in health tech as well, um, including mental health tech. Definitely. Tamika? Yeah, uh, I think I'm, I'm super excited about the next five years, and it's going to sound ironic, but it's a good thing that the world sort of upended in the past two years that I think brought about a lot of inspiration and a lot of passion and new ideas. Um, I'm particularly excited about sectors that historically have been very difficult to penetrate, so transportation, healthcare, financial services, um, education, you know, these are sectors that, I don't know where you all are from, but for example, in the United States where I live, these are sectors that are largely private, public, this kind of weird combination of influence and policies and things like that. So just the opportunity to create more accessibility to some services that um, are otherwise locked within the government or to create more access to education and opportunities to think a little bit bigger. I'm really passionate about just understanding how we can create more affordability. And so startups that are looking at that, I find super interesting. Um, more equitability, there's a huge social justice movement happening in the United States and I'm sure across the world as well, where we start to realize that basically how we treat our neighbors matters. Um, so just this huge social reckoning that's happening across uh, conversations pertaining to race and gender and financial inequities, I think all of that living in a startup environment where we're really going to start to see a lot of shifts in the next five years. Definitely. Obviously, there are a lot of a lot of challenges to any kind of entrepreneurs going on their own kind of venture. But what do you think are the main challenges faced by social so social entrepreneurs? Alicia. Sure. I think one of the biggest challenges for social entrepreneurs or impact-oriented startups is that. Um, especially in the MENA region, there's a lack of community around them. Um, there needs to be a lot more support for impact-minded startups. One of the things that we hear from startups um, that come through our accelerator and then go on to raise funds from other investors is that they feel like their other investors don't share their values. Their other investors are pushing them to perhaps more predatory business models um, or leaving behind the social return aspect of their business, which is at the core of you know many of these founders um, the social returns is at the core of the business. It's why they started the business in the first place. So one big thing is community. I think there's also a lack of language around impact. Um, one thing that's really important for impact-minded startups is that they're measuring their impact and that they can find clear, measurable data points that they can share with their investors. Um, and that can be difficult, um, especially when there's not a common um, language around that. And then the final thing that I think is a challenge for impact-oriented startups, maybe all of them, is financing. Um, we hear a lot of um, companies that struggle to raise funds that are not from ESG funds or impact funds, um, and that continues to be a struggle. Definitely. Kevin? 
Yeah, so I, I concur with uh, Alicia in terms of uh, the concept of social entrepreneurship is still in the nascent stages here in the region. Um, there needs to be an element of educating the whole um, concept, uh, not just, we may feel like it's uh, starting to take traction here in the UAE, but there are still many countries uh, around the region um, where a lot needs to be done in terms of educating to get not just investors, but governance, uh, governance and also everyone across the public and private sector to be able to come together to be able to really drive um, their mission forward. Um, there is an access to capital element where the early stage, predominantly, there's still difficulty in terms of getting them through the phase of getting into growth stages and be able to then scale their businesses. They need the access to angel investors, um, which they are here, but they're sometimes very difficult to find for these guys and they don't have the alignment to their strategy and be able to actually uh, build into their, their mission as well. And the impact reporting element is also a major factor. There is no one uh, framework that is universally adopted other than probably the UN SDGs that are really difficult to also measure against. And, and impact also is very, very measurable in terms of difficulty to be able to actually unify and adopt that. So therefore, um, when investors come to look at um, these types of measurements, there is no uniform in terms of benchmarking. You cannot see which is... Um, potentially a good against the other and therefore that also gives uh, a cloud around impact washing and being able to um, give yourself um, a marketing uh, aspect as opposed to actually doing good in the, in the you know back end so for me those are the, the major challenges around um, the issues around social entrepreneurship here in the region Agreed. I think that's something that I speak about with a lot of our clients as well. And we, we touched on earlier when we spoke, education is, I think, one of the biggest hurdles that, you know, when you're in this area that you face. Tamika, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with everything um, that was already said. I think from my perspective, it's a compounded issue because to start a business is already difficult. And then to start a business that's going to make money is even more difficult. And then to start a business that's going to make money and create a social impact is just like exponentially difficult, right? Um, so it's just a compounded issue. But I think what I've always observed is when there isn't uh, an attachment to the problem, right? There's this saying that if you don't love the people, you can't serve the people. When yeah. there isn't that, when that's absent, it makes the job a lot harder. And I think it's not for lack of good intent. There are a lot of entrepreneurs out there that really wanna do the right thing, but if you don't really have a close alignment to the problem that you're solving or a really deep-seated passion for the problem that you're seeking to solve, it's gonna be very difficult for you to wade through the hurdles of what it takes to run a successful business. I would also say that the confines of what makes a business is being redefined and it's creating a lot of pressure I think for some of our social impact leaders social innovators um, to really develop the right leadership acumen it's really difficult for them to understand where their job starts and stops you know I've heard impact investors I've heard startup founders say things like well isn't this the government's job or you know isn't this the role of the public sector and it becomes hard for them to realize that their role is being redefined their role is being uh, repositioned to be that of a public sector leader even while in the private sector so I think those are some of the difficulties that I've observed Definitely. Um, just before we finish, I'd just like to ask each of you just for one piece of advice that you'd give to an entrepreneur or someone perhaps that's here um, that's considering a move into social entrepreneurship. Um, Tamika, let's start with you. Yeah, um, my advice honestly would be to 
not be afraid to think ahead. Um, I, I think of the future no differently than I think of history. You have to study it. You have to for form a point of view about it. And then you have to see it through some time. So don't be afraid to pick a date in the future, even if it feels very far, and develop that story of what you think that future is going to look like and just do your part in driving us all there. The world will be better off, even if the idea fails, the amount of impact you create just by taking that risk, taking a stand, forming a point of view, it creates a tidal wave across any sector that you're interested in. It really inspires the next generation of business. And in your tiny, small way, um, you're creating more of the world that we want to see. So I would just say, stick to it. Kevin? Yeah, I would definitely say uh, collaboration uh, is a massive thing in this uh, arena. Um, I'm a strong believer in stronger together. I think um, impact entrepreneurs, they want to learn from each other, they want to be part of each other's businesses, um, and it's a really strong aspect and a, a big brand um, advocate in terms of just persevering, uh, talking to as many people as you possibly can, forming partnerships. It's, it's huge in relation to the uh, network effect that can actually really resonate uh, in this um, ecosystem much more than you would say in the normal traditional environment. People want to help you. They will do anything they possibly can. We, we've got some amazing success stories at, at C3 in terms of where um, people have given up their time to be part of our board meeting simulations, where they've actually then become board members of the actual company. So it's, it's amazing what people will do. So I would, as a, an impact entrepreneur, I would always um, advocate being um, knocking on people's doors and, and making those introductions. Definitely. Alicia? I completely agree with everything that's been said. And, and I think, um, I strongly believe that local problems are best solved by local solutions. If you are a budding entrepreneur, you have an idea that would solve a problem um, in your community, in your region, um, I think do it. Start that company, take that business idea, get it moving. Um, and like Kevin said, build a community around you. There are a lot of um, very talented people in this region. There are a lot of very smart investors, mentors, stakeholders who are very eager to help you and get your business off the ground. Impact-oriented startups help everybody. Um, so everybody is excited to see them succeed. Um, and I just really encourage you that if you have, if there's a problem uh, in your community that you think you have the answer to, start that company and then call up us and we'll, we'll help you get to the next stage. Definitely. Thank you, guys. I don't know about you, but I could have sat here talking to you guys for the whole day. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the talk. Um, hopefully it's given a little bit of inspiration to those of you that are considering going down this route um, and something to think about for your own businesses, for your, for your clients and for the future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find our content on Anagami, Spotify and Apple Podcast. Follow us on social media at Step Conference and let's stay in touch.